Take a deep breath. You can place your hands on your lap. Or if you have a table in front of you, you can place it on the table. Just to give support. If not, place it on your lap. Don't, don't drop your hands down. Because that would reduce the stability of your body. So you have to just rest your arms, rest your hands on something. Deep breathing. Through your nostril and exhale through the nose only. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Now I'll teach you a small pranayama practice. It's called ujjayi, where you contract your throat a little bit, and when you inhale, you make a hissing sound like this. And when you exhale, you also make a hissing sound from your throat, as if you're breathing through your throat. So you can, if you can put your finger beneath your nostril, you will find that breath that is, you, when you use ujjayi, your breath will be very warm, okay? When you exhale. So inhale into the stomach first, very slowly. And exhale, release the air from your lungs first, the upper body, and then only the lower body. Inhale. On your own, you can exhale whenever you're ready. In inhale. Exhale. Inhale. If you want to hold the breath, you can do a lock, a bandha, by your chin touching your chest like this. So it will block the passage. And you can just observe the air inside your body. And when you exhale, you release the lock and then you exhale normal. So which means you can actually go into a meditation state in between the breathing and inhalation and exhalation. So in Kumbhaka, 
So, Puraka is inhalation, Rechaka is exhalation, Kumbaka is retention. And in retention, you can do uh, locks. So, there are three locks that are very commonly done. One of these, what I'm showing, is the, the one that you lock at the throat. Okay. Uh, the other locks I will talk about some other things, a bit more complex. So, it's not very necessary, but if you, if you like to hold the breath in, then you use the lock. But if you don't use the lock, it's also fine. It helps you actually. When you, when you do that, it, it helps you to hold the breath. Now, normal breathing, no more ujjayi. Deep breathing. Inhale. Now you breathe, breathe as if you're breathing to your brains. Inhale. Expand your chest upwards. Chest upwards, outwards, and upwards. And exhale. We'll get into Bhavana. Om Bhur Bhuvaswaha Tatsavitor Varenyam Vargo Devashyadi Mahi Neoyona Prachodayada Om Bhur Bhuvaswaha Tatsavitor Varenyam Vargo Devashyadi Mahi Neoyona Prachodayada Om Bhurbhuvaswaha Tatsavitur Varenyam Vargo Devasyadi Mahi Yoyona Prachodayada Om Bhurbhuvaswaha Tatsavitur Varenyam Vargo Devasyadi Mahi Yoyona Prachodayada Om Bhurbhuvaswaha Tatsavitur Varenyam Bhargo Devasyati Mahi Neoyona Prachodayata Om Bhurbhuvaswaha Tatsavitur Varenyam Bhargo Devasyati Mahi Neoyona Prachodayata Om Bhurbhuvaswaha Tatsavitur Varenyam Vargo Devasyadi Mahi Neoyona Prachodayada Om Bhurbhuvaswaha Tatsavitur Varenyam Vargo Devasyadi Mahi Leo yo naf prachodayada. Om pur bhuvaswaha. Tatsavitur varenyam. Vargo devas yadimahi. Leo yo naf prachodayada. Keep your palms open, facing upwards. Your palms can, your hands can be on your on the table or on your lap. Just keep your palms open. Breathe normally. When you have finished chanting the mantra, just observe 
the energy around your body. Opening up your palms and opening up your shoulders, your chest is psychologically an opening up to the energy of the universe. And now you visualize the light comes down into you. The golden rays of the sun of Surya comes into your brain, your eyes, your lips, your face, goes into your heart and fill your heart with light, this golden light. The rays pervades your whole body into your lungs, your liver, your abdomens, your stomach, your legs and arms, even your fingers and toes, your whole body is shining with this golden ray. It is glowing. You are now connected with the cosmos. You are connected with the universe. This is Shakti. It is the energy that is indestructible. It cannot be destroyed. It has no beginning and no end. And it's endless. It is the Divine Mother Gayatri. She is as the earth, Bhuma Devi. She is the power of your will, your desires your knowledge and your activity. Jnana, Kriya, Icha. Feel that protection and tell to yourself, I am protected. I am in the Divine Mother's grace. At the universal level, this power is called the Adi Shakti and Para Shakti, the transcendental energy.
feel that divine mother is filling you with abundance filling you with all the strength filling you with all knowledge understanding and wisdom she is the nurturer the protector You are now connected to the whole universe. When there is strength, there is fearlessness. And fearlessness, Abhayam, is the energy that you should share to everyone. Feel that everyone, every creature, every being is free from fear in your presence. You are the embodiment of fearlessness. Everyone feels safe in your presence. Everyone feels fearless in your presence. Everyone knows that you are the beacon of goodness, compassion and love. That you will not harm anyone. And therefore, you are the friend of the world. You are the friend of every living being. Appreciate the divine. Express in your mind, in your heart, thank you, three times. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. And offer, bring your hands together, the hands that has been opened up, bring your palms together, and bring your palms into the Anjali Mudra, and bring it closer to your heart. As you absorb all the energy into your heart, and at the same time as you express your gratefulness, your thankfulness to all. Be aware of the surroundings. 
be aware of your body again. Be aware of your breathing. Move your fingers and toes a little bit. Then open your eyes. So I, uh, because we took a little bit more time for bhavana, so I, I did not go on the third self-awareness meditation because I, um, I want to give more time for the subject today. So today the bhavana practice is in a way is related to the um, discussion that we're going to have. So I, although normally we always uh, connect to the sun, Gayatri, Surya, the power of the sun. But you know, Gayatri Mantra is actually a reference to a goddess. If most of the time, um, when we look at the sun, we have the deity called Surya Bhagavan. But Surya Bhagavan's Shakti is Gayatri, is uh, Savita. Am I saying it right? Savita. Yeah, Savita. Yeah, because uh, in the in the legends, uh, you have uh, Surya. Surya has a daughter also. That is Surya. The extra R there. So. Gayatri is basically uh, uh, the goddess of the Veda. Okay. She is the power of the sun itself. Okay. So, nevertheless, uh, somehow when I was doing the Bhavana, I didn't plan this, it was uh, connected to the uh, uh, Divine Mother. And I, I was having visions coming in, so I, I straight away uh, Diverted my attention. Then, what is the name of the breathing technique? The throat, ujjayi, ujjayi, ujjayi. Yeah, ujjayi. Correct. Yeah, ujjayi. So, it's completely fine if you if you feel like connecting with any other deity when you're doing the bhavana. It's fine. Okay. Um, the deities, they are not separate individual entities. I, I hope you don't mind, I divert a little bit on the gods, goddesses, explain this because today a lot of um, uh, priests, teachers and all that, all they study is the Agam Sastra, Tantra Sastra, Purana, Nobody studies the, the Veda. You know. So the secret of the deities is in the Veda actually. It is later at the Tantra, it has become too very personalized. I mean, it's for a purpose when you can get a lot of personal connection to it. So you, you develop Bhakti to Ganapati, to Parashakti, Shiva, to Vishnu. So for each deity, one Tantras are written. So, so their, their method of worship, they are all, everything has to do. So the tantric, tantric uh, um, stream is the theology, actually. It's the theology of Hinduism. So all the practices are in there. It will take a lot of things to talk about that. But 
often time over the centuries what happened is people became very attached to their own personal choice that's where we got all these different sects and then they started to have a argument and quarrel to prove who is much greater my deity is much greater you know so and a lot of time people associate with the gods according to their state of mind only right so you will see so if somebody who is they like uh some uh they like heroes and um, uh, strength they will associate to hanuman for example you know or some people like the uh, feminine nature of it they, they like you know if sometimes I, i have a lot of friends i have even some priests some brahmin priests who are who are really uh, devoted uh shaktas worship to so they always post kali batrakali parashakti you know all those pictures all the time uh, in the facebook so so they connect to the divine uh, in that form so some some people and also different like in the bhagavad gita so one day one we come to that chapter i will explain to krishna himself explain so sometimes people with a tamasic mind they will look for deity that are tamasic in features and when they are satvik in mind they will look for satvik so satva rajas tamas is there is explained in the gita so if they, that means when they are aggressive they will look for deity that are aggressive when they are slothful when they are very ignorant type of people they will look deities that that also are like them we always god never created humans in his image that's a lie we created god in his image <laughs> so the big, biggest lie that has been told that god created man in his image bullshit okay because according to the dogs god is a dog okay according to the apes god is a ape according to the buffaloes god is a buffalo okay so you have to just think and see for a moment take a moment think and see there is, it is the pinnacle of the human ego to think that god is like human but if you look and see this galaxy this in our earth itself there are so many species so many creatures so many things of course we are smarter than many of them but if you think and see that source that would have created uh, all these things you know it's like us but not like them <laughs> not like the snakes not like the trees or not like the caterpillar you know maybe god is a big fat caterpillar sitting down there <laughs> so the thing what the humanizing of the god has caused a lot of problem in the world and and so so what i wanted to point out is in the rig veda the there are all the mantras are all that dr r l kashyap has translated so i le- i studied with him. i met him it's a, he is a scientist you know you can even find him on wikipedia he has some patent on his name he is a is a world renowned electronics uh, scientist and he is the father of uh, not a father i mean he is one of the scientists who who were uh, mind behind uh, uh, machine learning pattern recognition machine learning okay dr arl kalchap so this this is not an ordinary uh, chap who who is making a comment and he translated our entire veda samhita rig jajur 
and all those things. I personally have met him in a, uh, and had a class with him, one-to-one. -one. And he's not an easy man. He's a very angry man. <laughs> so, <laughs> seriously, so that's why a lot, a lot of people don't like him. Uh, he's a very grumpy man, but very intelligent. Very, so it really takes you, um, you to be really, really uh, able to take all the slashing that he's going to give you in his class. So, so all those books I have over there, those are all Vedas. So those are Rig Vedas and all that. So in the Rig Vedas, the deities, they seem Indra, Vayu, Agni and all those things, they seem like different forces of nature. That's true. So each force, like Anna Lakshmi, we say, you know, uh, the nourishing force. And then like when Kali comes, it's the destructive force. That's when where you see earthquake, tornado, and all those things. You must understand, you don't get caught with the imagery, the knife and the, the thing and all that. You get glamorized in that. They are real, but they are not that those images are in the rishis when they connect to the human mind they have to take a form but they, they are not in that state the word deva means light divya so they they are light beings okay we also have a light beingness deva devi masculine and feminine terms they are in a light being so basically their bodies are not they are not even it's um, you know physical body like us, okay. So they are forces. They are actually energies, but at the same time they are not even separate. They are not separate. They are all connected like in the matrix. In the matrix, you see. So you you have different. Um, if you if you have a net, you can see all this dot dot dot. If you look at each dot, that dot seems to be like separate. From one another dot but they are also connected to one another so they all think uh, they, they don't have independent ego or the independent personality and all those things so therefore when you connect to one you connect to all so so therefore the, it's and God the supreme reality God Ishwara is the total of all that so really speaking you know the Hindu God is People arguing, oh, you got many God, one God. It is not, there is no many gods and there is no one God. Both also wrong. <laughs> it's a very high philosophy. Both also wrong. It is one in all and all in one. Okay? For you to grasp that, you have to come out from the concept of time, space and causation. So you can understand why these things are not so popular because it's not easy for the masses to grasp. I, so I'm quite sure the priest or so will not understand those things. So it doesn't mean that when I connect to Krishna, I'm not connecting to Shiva. Ultimately, it's all. So, and when we say Ishwara, we, we mean all of them. Okay? Therefore, in the Vedas, it's very, very clear, all they are the same. So when we worship Indra, we use the names of all the other deities. All the other deities are referred to him. It is only at the later literature, because of overly devotion, uh, some people want to see that he is the supreme and others are demigods, something like that. 
right? Okay, so Kali is the greatest. She is the powerful. She is nothing. You know, without her, Shiva is nothing. Yeah, yeah. All those things are very nice to say, but you know, oh, Vishnu is greatest. You know, once upon a time they had a competition. See who is the greatest. You know, you have all those Purana stories come out, right? But you must be very careful because those Purana stories also have the same counter. One Purana story will show you that Shiva is supreme, and another Purana story will show you that Vishnu is supreme. Okay. So it it our problem is not that so this is a bit diversion. This is now talking about theology. Our our so the understanding is they are all one and uh, easy for us to understand God as one is the easiest way. But don't think of a one entity. That is a biggest mistake. That is like Islam Christian one entity somewhere separate. Okay, you are not separated from God. You're seeing, touching, smelling, drinking, everything is God. You know, Gita says, Brahmarpanambrahmahavir, Brahmaknau, Brahmanahutam. You know, the Yajna, that is Brahman. The fire is Brahman. The ghee that you're pouring in, that is also Brahman. The person who's pouring in is Brahman. The spoon that's holding in is also Brahman. There is a sloka like that in the Gita. So when we come to Gita class, we will talk about that. Okay? So the eater, in the Upanishad is also like that. The eater is Brahman. The eaten is also Brahman. Okay? So the point you have to understand, uh, and of course, Brahman is beyond all conceptualization. But you, because it's so transcendental, beyond time, space, and causation, it's so complex. They had, had the Hinduism made it very easy. All these Purana deities and all that, made it, okay, so that everybody can relate to it. Any questions before I shift? I'm sure you wanted to know also that. <laughs> so basically, they are, they are they are like a like a they are a single mind. Okay, the Ishwara is a total mind, and they are forces of the single mind. So when you connect to one, you actually connect to the total. Okay. Therefore, unlike the Greeks, Hindus, the ancient Indians never feared, never had competition. There's no such thing as Zeus and uh, and Poseidon as fighting each other. There's no such thing like that. We don't have that concept at all. They cannot be. They cannot be fighting each other. You know. Of course, they are fighting with the lower forces. You know, but even the lower forces are actually playing their own roles. Okay. Any any questions on this thing? Any doubt? No. Okay. So I'll just go back to. This. So. Um, The topic is today, somehow I'm getting so much of uh, connect, connection to the Divine Mother. So I, she interrupted my Bhavana practices now. It comes into me, so many things. But when you do Bhavana practice, suppose if you see all kinds of image and lights and all that, and don't get too sucked up in all those things. Just accept, accept and then move on. Okay? It means nothing. Don't don't ever feel suddenly you have become a Mahayogi because oh, you start seeing seeing some image, you know. Oh, yo, Vishnu came to uh, Vishnu came to me and talked to me. Oof. Good lah, he came and talked to you. It's good. Don't get stuck with that. People who have seen that a million times also uh, keeping quiet. But the people who seen that one time, they are already Mahayogi. People are following them and people are following follow fall in his feet. Everyone will have his their own time when it comes. 
the real biggest biggest problem is within us so we talked about inner life happiness being structured on the panchakosha so i mentioned to you all the five koshas if you remember the first one is annamaya kosha annam means what food that is a physical body a body biological body made of food then pranamaya kosha pranamaya kosha is the electromagnetic body okay and this is not bullshit i huh? tell you all these things right can you scientifically you can prove and today in the west they have uh, these mal meters and all that they can even uh, scan your uh, just bring the meter to your body and tell you the frequency of your magnetic field okay so that's what we have been mentioning uh, referring to as prana and then after that you have the manomaya kosha so manomaya kosha there are three fundamental things the five senses and the mind conscious mind manas and then the uh, memory so we have seen that now we are moving a little bit deeper on the fourth layer we have the vijnana maya kosha vijnana maya kosha is vijnana means intelligence intelligence some interpret that as um, uh, intellect uh, no sorry uh, intellectual and some call it intelligence but these words in english it has been mixed up so yes it is the field of intelligence it is the layer of intelligence this is where all the reasoning analysis takes place okay this is the this is the intellectual part of the your your personality so within that there are two major components two major no, components two major mechanism okay and the first one today we are looking at which is the more important one ahankara okay it has two words aham and kara aham means i the i i that we refer to kara means karoti that is the agency has connection to action because this sense of i is connected to the sense of agency what do i mean by agency means i am doing something i am listening i am talking i am singing i am sleeping so that sense of agency it has okay i am the doer but also the doer has the i the concept of possessor i am i have a body i have a mind um i have uh, i have a car i have a house so that conception is called ahamkara so those the bundle a bundle of all those identification is called ahamkara so ahamkara is like the a ball of thread if you were to see so there was all this thread of identities bundle up together philosophically we call that ego so ahamkara is directly translated to ego now ego doesn't mean pride because in english the word ego also mean like oh i'm so proudful uh, vanity vanity a pride can be positive can be negative also you having pride in yourself something like that and then you say pride proudful that is more like vanity but vanity in sanskrit is anava okay the word for that is anava so don't confuse with the word ahamkara right so when we talk about vanity we are talking about anava that is different that is not a mechanism of our uh, psychology that is a behavior trait okay you are being very boastful you are being very full of vanity when you say that to somebody you are actually referring to anava but ahankara is something that we use all the time ahankara is the red which defines who we are as a person as an individual okay we cannot exist in this world we cannot function without the world without the ahankara because without the i there is you cannot even form a sentence 
That's the subject of the senses. Everything else, the whole world is the object of this eye. So I'm coming. So the eye is there. Coming is the kara, the, the, the agency, the action that is involved. So who is coming? I am coming, right? So who is coming? I am coming. So the I takes the act, the act, the role of the agent, right? So the doer, okay? Karta. So in Sanskrit, the doer is called karta. So karta is referring to ahamkara. I'm going to explain first today more on the, um, the philosophical side, set, give you all some background knowledge on this. And today I will introduce a little bit more deeper of the life side. Next week we will go into life side. But when we go to the life side, it will, like I say, I put a disclaimer, it will be like an earthquake. <laughs> so I'm taking it slow and steady and giving you all perspective. Where is it coming from? Uh, and it's also entertaining, right? <laughs> to listen to all these technicalities. So, but it's good to know. Just good to know doesn't solve any problem yet, but that comes later. <laughs> So we just need to know what are we talking about before I go there. So that is that is the one mechanism. So it's a mechanism. You you um, it is the thing which you have to use all the time, and you cannot say that you cannot use it. You don't want to use it because it's an impossibility. Okay. Now I'll explain a little bit more on that philosophical side. How do you detect that ahankara? Now in Vedanta philosophy, there is three states of the mind. A state is called avastha. Okay, avastha. So there's three avasthas. Three avasthas, jagrat avastha, sopna avastha, sushupti avastha. So the jagrat avastha is the waking state. Sopna avastha is the dream state. Shushupti avastha is the deep sleep state. So mind, our mind moves between these three states. In fact, please. Uh, so I will. So avastha. I will. I will uh, typing here avastha. So you have the first one is jagrat. Okay. Then you have. Sopna. Sopnam, you know, dream. Basically, use the word sopna. So, Shukti is the last one. These are the three states of the mind. It is not that you are experiencing a waking world, but you are experiencing a waking state of your mind. That's called Jagrat. Now, at, at this moment, you are experiencing Jagrat Avastha. Okay. Can, can you see any questions? Should I, I'll just unmute first. Seems, uh, are you, any questions first? Yeah, Rakishji, is it three states of the mind or four states of the mind? No, no, the word Avastha means state. So just connect oh, the word Avastha oh, oh, oh. To, to append that to all these three. Okay. Jagrat Avastha, Sopna Avastha, Sushupti Avastha. Okay. Okay, any questions? Okay, so just if you have questions, just quickly unmute and just let me know. So what is happening is now we are in the waking state. That is, 
jagrat avastha okay we i it's important to put the word avastha because if you just use the word uh, avastha uh, jagrat then it just means waking right if you just use the word sapna then it means dream but we are talking about the dream state the state of the mind so the mind the your whole total mind modifies and express itself in three states in three avastas you will notice this word come avastha trayam they will say this word the triple avastha like for example in ganapati atharva sirsha ganapati atharva sirsha there is a there is a chant for ganapati so avastha trayam gunatitaha they will have this word so you you are one who is trans uh, beyond the three states of the mind okay so now you know this when you use you, you when you see mantras and all that you probably will recognize oh that's what they are saying okay so uh, now we are in this jagrat avastha right so we are experiencing jagrat avastha jagrat avastha is the most you can say the minds if you look at the uh, lot, uh, lotus so the lotus is, is one in one state is like a, like a bud is closed and then it is partially open and then is full bloom so when the mind is fully expressing itself full bloom it you are in this waking state okay so this full bloom state is jagrat avastha then later night tonight when you go to sleep going to sleep basically means what is basically the modification of your state of your mind your mind changes its full bloom state jagrat avastha to say for example it comes into swapna so the lotus closes back a bit then you do not have an awareness of the waking world so your awareness of the annamaya kosha the physical body is gone okay and you have even the pranamaya kosha also partially is gone okay but now you only have an awareness of the manomaya kosha and there the manomaya kosha is creating a dream you are seeing that you are now sitting on the beach for example in the dream so that is being created by your chitta your memory your memory is creating all that that state of mind is called the dream state okay your mind is now producing a dream state it is a world on its own okay then after some time you your mind may even withdraw from the dream state to go into sushupti and sushupti is the deep sleep state in deep sleep state the manas chitta the memory the conscious mind or the the unconscious mind all those things of course manas is already been consumed earlier so the chitta is now active but even that also goes into a dormant state like a lotus bud and there you experience a blank state of mind you are in deep sleep if you wake up from a deep sleep state you will say oh i had a good sleep i had no dream no thoughts it is just abhava we call it abhava vritti abhava vritti means the non up um english translation non present 
non-present thought wave. So in the thought wave, there's no forms, nothing. It's just emptiness. It's just like there's nothing there. It's completely blank. Okay. So you, I'm sure you would experience that every day. Okay. You, when you have deep, that is, that's where you call that as deep sleep, sushupti, avastha. Okay. This is little bit technical. The, the juice will come later on in the next class when it will, the drum, drum rolls will all will come out. But I think it's best that you all absorb a little bit understanding of this. Because then you know where the ahamkara is coming from. Yes, Satya. Uh, question about the dreams. Uh, is th that is still part of the memory, right? Yeah. And how about deja vu? It's also the memory, chitta, is not isolated. Your memory, even not only to say memory, your mind is not an isolated entity. Just like the devas, like I told you, they are all connected to each other as in a complex matrix. This matrix is what we call maya. In the same way, our mind also are part of that matrix. Therefore, your mind is connected to the cosmic mind. The cosmic mind is the mind that is within this body, every one of your all bodies, even in the cow, in the dog, even the caterpillar, in the insects, in every being, in every dimension, every other planet, all that mind that pervades, including the mind that is not in the body, that is the cosmic mind. Okay? So, therefore, you have deja vu, all these things, and you can also communicate to each other through the dream. I can come and visit you in the dream if I want to. Like that. Why? Because, uh, yes, the content of your mind is primarily produced by your memory, your own individualized memory. Okay? But at the same time, it is also connected to a bigger scale. And because of that, we are able to uh, make connection. Right? So therefore, even the spirit world is connected to the mind. The mental, the spirit world and the mental world is the same thing. When we talk about that, we are talking about the mind only. So they are not realized <laughs> because the world of uh, beyond that consciousness is something much more deeper. Okay. Um, so basically, now let's come back to these three states of the mind. In deep sleep, what happens is an involution. Okay, an involution of every uh, the the mental state, and that's uh, from the from deep to dream to waking is an evolution of it. Okay, an expression, and then uh, depression. All right. So uh, now the ego. I want to point to you where the ego comes in. You are in the deep sleep, and when you are in the deep sleep. There is awareness. There is, there is awareness. You are aware. I'm in deep sleep. I'm completely aware. Although nothing, nothing is there. There's nothing but awareness is there. That the reason that I say awareness is there is because when I get up, I can report to you and say, I had a good sleep. There was nothing there. It was just blank. But I have to be there to experience emptiness, to experience nothingness, to come back and tell you, yeah, nothing is there. 
but to say nothing is there is also wrong because I was there, right? It's just that I was there as a presence who was the entity that is being aware. So there you call me the knower, okay? Nyata, the knower. So I am the knower. The, the quality of this knower is it is awareness. That's me. That's where when we go to the meditation, we go to that Atma, right? The knower, the consciousness, the self. That's where we are referring to. But in that deep sleep state, I am not aware that I am Rakesh. Okay? In deep sleep state, I am aware of nothing. But there is no concept in that deep sleep state, oh, Rakesh is being uh, in deep sleep state. No, I don't have that. You understand? That identity that I'm a man, that I'm a man by this name, by this color, I'm living in this country, all those things is not there. There's nothing, only a blank, blank experience, a blank and nothingness experience of the mind. The mind is actually in the cocoon state, in the dormant state. This is at the deep sleep state I'm talking about. But when the mind manifests, then it goes into dream state. There, I have certain amount of identity. Because in the dream state, I see the beach. Then suddenly I think to myself, oh, I'm in the beach. And then suddenly I say, oh, I am this person. Okay, so this is me. So there I have very long hair. Oh, I have, I'm a person who has a long hair. So now I have an identity. Then when the mind moves out, further express itself to the waking state, then I open my eyes and I see, oh, this body. Then memory reminds me, this body belongs to a person called Rakesh. That you are sleeping in this house, in this place. This is your relationship. This is this person, this is your parents, mother, everything. You you can you understand that part? Okay. If the memory doesn't come out, what happens? Loss of memory, right? That's happened to people who go into certain traumatic experience, they hit, they wake up, they now identify with the body, but they don't know their name. Because they the loss of their memory. Say, who am I? Who is this? Who is my wife? This is my mother and my father. I don't remember. Uh, but one thing I know is this body, I am a male, I know, because I'm a, now I see a body, male male body. Suppose in my dream I had a female body, I think I'm a female. If I suppose I, I was a bird, I think I'm a bird. But in deep sleep state, you think of nothing. You have no identity whatsoever. In the deep sleep state, Rakesh, Satya, Malati, Vanita, you know, Pawai, Mejun, uh, the cow, the dog, everybody is having the same dream. Nothing. We are all equal. You get the point? The cow and Rakesh is having the same deep sleep state. At that time, the cow doesn't think itself as a cow. Rakesh doesn't think itself as Rakesh. Both are just the knower. Okay? The cow can speak me, so the cow get up, the cow will say, I had a good sleep. There was nothing in my sleep. Okay? Any question? I'm going slow because this is philosophical. I want you all to absorb slowly. You know, I cannot just run through this because it will go beyond your mind after that. Are, are you clear? 
Okay, now we go back to the same thing. We go back to the deep sleep state. Now, if you notice, in the deep sleep state, there is nothing, right? There's blank. It's just darkness. Okay, that is called avarna. Okay, that is the primordial ignorance. That is your maya. That is your karmas. Hidden. They are. They are not manifested. Many. They, they have not taken. They have not. They are not vibrating yet. Okay. Sorry, Rakeshji. What is that again? Avarna. Okay. They are vasanas. They are, I'm just using different. Avarna means like a wheel. But when they say what it is, it is actually the primordial nature. Okay, nature at its fundamental state before tremor, before vibration. Okay, a bit tough. This is very similar to quantum physics. It's 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 it is even deeper than the quantum physics le uh, level of this where they talk about the vibrating strings. The moment vibration start in that field of darkness, there is form. The dream and the waking state comes up. But in that state, in the deep sleep state, you're experiencing your mind in a, in a dormant cocoon state. So when the mind is in a dormant cocoon state, it doesn't have a form. Are you getting? It doesn't have a sound. It doesn't have a form. It doesn't have a... Uh, um, the texture, all those things are not there. Okay, therefore, you as if you're experiencing nothingness, but then nothing is something. There is where all your impressions, your vasanas are there. Not only in this birth, how many births that you have taken, all that vasanas are in that state. In the five layer, is referring to the last layer called the Anandamaya Kosha. If you remember the first layer, Anandamaya Kosha, Pranamaya Kosha, Manomaya Kosha, Vijnanamaya Kosha, the last one is what? Anandamaya Kosha. And Ananda means mean bliss, right? So you may be wondering why they call it this Anandamaya Kosha. A lot of uh, gurus and uh, people or commenters wrongly say Anandamaya Kosha is where the Atma is. No. No, no, no. It is called Anandamaya Kosha because when you experience the in the deep sleep state, you are not experiencing Annamaya, Pranamaya, Manomaya, Vijnanamaya. All these four is absent. Correct or not? Memory, you are not experiencing memory in deep sleep. You are not experiencing your identity in deep sleep. You are not experiencing your intellect in deep sleep. All of these are absent to you. But you are experiencing the Anandamaya Kosha. And how is that experience blissful? When you wake up from deep sleep, you it is a very blissful state. How many of you hanker to go and sleep and have a good sleep? When you say good sleep, what do you mean? You mean a dreamless sleep, right? Because of that, that experience of, of a dream-free, thought-free state, it is called Anandamaya Kosha, bliss. Manita, okay. Hope is not too heavy. Next seminar means I will have Namaskar. I'll go back to inner life happiness course teaching. Today, first time I'm little bit introducing philosophy. Little bit. Just a little bit. Today only for today class. It is you will understand 
later on you'll understand all these things will make sense to you more and more and more as you go into the life issues now in the deep sleep state we are present as an awareness who is aware of the nothingness okay what is vasana is impressions impressions of our experience from vasana only comes our karmas okay so any any anything everything that we experience in this world we store the information in our memory correct but there is a deeper impression of those experience and they go they are called vasana and in tamil word you call it vasana you know the word vasana comes from this word only the sanskrit word vasana vasana means fra fragrance right vasana fragrance fragrance you cannot see you cannot see fragrance you cannot see it but you when you experience it you know what what it is referee whether it's a lotus flower whether it is a rose flower you can know whether it is what but in its in itself you can't see it so it's vasanas are like that you can't see them until they manifest when they manifest they become thoughts so man, vasana manifests as thoughts okay so vasanas are there in anandamaya kosha they are the core material of anandamaya kosha and they are same as what we refer to as ignorance that is what we refer to as ignorance if you think in uh, vedanta ignorance is not the absence of knowledge ignorance is itself something it is an object and that is what we refer to okay this is a higher philosophical discussion if i go into that it will be diverted but avidya anandamaya kosha vasana they are all referring to the same thing including shakti so shakti is shakti is maya shakti is also ignorance you understand it is from ignorance only comes all this beautiful magical play <laughs> but uh, that's why we mesmerize by it. Okay, anyway. um, yeah ignorance in this context is not a bad thing right it is the very reason that we think ourselves as a human it is a bad thing from the absolute point it's not a good or bad ignorance is the reason we are identified with our body and mind and we are suffering when we liberate from identification as our body and mind and we realize our true nature which is beyond time beyond space beyond the five bodies beyond the five three states of mind when we go beyond all these things that is our true state this the the thing that makes us to not be aware of of uh, our true state is this ignorance and ignorance is a power on its own even ishwara has ignorance but ishwara's ignorance is called maya our maya is called ignorance the difference is ishwara wields this power and we are wielded by that power okay so the power control us at the individual level at the cosmos level the cosm the co the total consciousness controls the power the total energy 
So the total energy, the total cosmic force is controlled by the, the cosmic ego. The cosmic ego is what we call God. Right? So he is Shiva. He controls Shakti. But the same Shakti and the same Shiva is in us. The Shiva in me is myself, my pure consciousness. And Shakti is my mind that manifests the three states. The difference is here, Shakti controls me and creates the experience of not knowing who am I. Therefore, that Shakti is called ignorance at an individual level, but it's called Maya at the cosmic level. So it's the same thing, but are referred to different names. If you see Lord Shiva's and Kali's picture, you see Shiva is lying down on the ground and Kali is stepping on him and she's dancing up. That is the, that is the representation of the cosmos. The Shiva there is the cosmic consciousness. And it's not moving. It is in a state of complete um, static. But he has this power where manifests into a dynamic force. And that's where his Shakti comes, Kali comes, and she's dancing. Dancing refers to the vibration. Okay? So, although we see that a husband and wife and all that, but they are actually not so, right? So then another way I can even put it, Shiva in motion is Shakti. Okay? I know it is mind-boggling, you will tear your head, you just need a lot of studies, a lot of, lot of discussion. So, you know, I'm trying to, um, we can have this discussion. If, if you have questions and all that, we can have a special class on this. Shiva, Shakti, Kali, but, uh, and all these things I can explain in detail. Um, so that, um, and all these uh, philosophical terms. Of course, Shiva, Shakti, that comes in the Tantra. What I'm explaining comes from the Vedanta. So Vedanta and Tantra, but they are same. They are just, one is using very logical language and one is using more, Symbolic language. That's the difference. Okay. So there in the Tantra, they use like a husband and wife kind of a metaphor. Whereas in the, in the Vedanta, we completely use uh, scientific terms only. So that's the difference. Okay. So, and because of my knowledge of knowing both sides, I'm just referring all together in one, in one go. So what is important is our Ahamkara. We have not, we have not uh, captured that fellow. The question is, this ego, where does it come from? Now, what I'm going to tell you is something that has been recently discovered by quantum physics in quantum mechanics. It is, the, it is something to do with the observer and the observe. If you notice, in the deep sleep state, um, unfortunately, the rascals are not giving enough credit to, to the Vedantins who have declared this 1,000 years before. Yada... Uh, drishti, tada shristi. This is a statement of this philosophers. As your vision, so is creation. Okay? As your vision, so is creation. Basically, Vedantic statement is very difficult for everyone to understand. Creation only exists when there is an observer. When there is no observer, there is no creation. Okay. 
just take it at face value because I don't have time. This one will take uh, many classes, many classes to understand, to go in detail on these things. But where I want to show you in experiential mode is in deep sleep state, you are observing nothingness. Based on what you are observing, because you're observing nothingness, you have a nothing identity. Basically, you don't have an identity. Because the fact that you are observing nothing, you are having no identity. Okay? In that deep sleep state, you wouldn't call yourself even a human being or a man or a woman or a cow. No, you don't have all those ideas. Nah. None of it. Right? The moment you come into the, the second state, the dream state, you see something. The moment you see something, you identify with that and an identity comes. And then further, when you wake into, when you move into the third state of mind, that is the waking state where we are here, you see a body. And you identify with that body. From that, the knower, the awareness now sees, oh, I'm in this body. Then from there, an idea emerge, I am this body. Then the idea expand. I am happy. I'm sad. I'm fat. I'm tall. I'm a male. I'm a female. I have a fair skin. I have a dark skin. I'm sick. I'm healthy. I'm rich. I'm poor. Then it get extend to the world. Oh, I have two brothers, four sisters. I have this mother. I'm living in this country. I have these friends. These are my enemies. That's how you form the ahamkara. So ahamkara, a bundle of thoughts that are identifying with whatever appears in the state. Moment you go into dream state, what appears in the dream state or your identity change. And when you move deep into deep sleep state, since your identification is with a nothingness, all your identity, I am Satya, I am this, I am that, goes away. So every time you move into states, you are reborn. And every time you move out of the states, you die. Every day when you get up, you are actually reborn. So this is what Lord Buddha also point to. Shanikam, Shanikam. He says, he says there's no self. The ego, what he mentioned, he refers to the ego. So this ego is not real. This ego manifests only when there is an observer observing an object. If the object is removed, the observer also disappears. Only awareness is there. Uh, am I too high or I need to bring it down again? This is as slow as I'm trying to talk. Actually, this can this discussion can go a little bit more high. We are actually at like like you know.
floor number five only. There's another <laughs> 99 floors to go some more further if you want to talk about this. But the point I want to tell you is the ahamkara that we talk about the ego comes into picture when there is identification. Okay? And every time you move from waking to dream to deep, it changes. And even in the waking state also, your ahamkara constantly expanding and shrinking. Okay? Constantly modifying. Now, you want to know who is suffering. The awareness that you are is not suffering. The awareness that you are is not suffering. Why? When you are in the deep sleep state, you are there, right? Are you all there in the deep sleep state? Somebody else is, somebody else is experiencing the deep sleep state on your behalf. Is it? No, right? You are there in the deep sleep state, right? Only thing is that you are not there, Satya or Malati or Vanita. You are there as you, as an awareness. But are you suffering in the deep sleep state? No. How much problem you have in the, in the waking state? How much big quarrel happened also? How much you cry and you fall asleep in the deep sleep state you are in Ananda? Correct? So, you are not a sufferer. You are free there. Completely at bliss. The moment you wake up, after for a while, memory comes back. Then your identity comes. The moment thought arises, the vibration of thought arises, this ego arises. So in between you and your vision is this fellow in the between called the ego. The ego, the ahamkara or the self-images is the one that is suffering. Oh, I am Rakesh, I am so miserable. That person that is crying is the one in the middle. Or the person that is happy is in the, in the middle. The Ahamkara has a complete identification with the awareness at the background. But it doesn't see itself as the awareness. It sees itself as something that it's wearing outside. Fraught from the thoughts and the body and then the extension of the body, my relationships and the world. Actually, in the today's uh, subject, supposed to be the concept of lack in Ahamkara. I will get back to that. I have been in doubt whether I want to introduce even this subject in this inner life happiness because this is a very philosophical discussion. Of a lot of times, I have never, I have, you know, locked all the philosophy in a box, and I gave you all just on the outer level, experiential, the problems and the issues in life. Today, somehow, I just felt that at least on the ahamkara level, I need to tell, give you all some picture. So that when you are working with Ahamkara, you, you must also have the awareness you are not the Ahamkara. And I don't want it to be an intellectual, um, uh, just an idea, not sorry, not intellectual, just an idea of it, but that you, I showed to you all with all these states that you can observe in your life that Ahamkara appears 
in between when there is an observer observe observing the world that world that you are observing is a vibration of thoughts and that thought when it's in a dormant state is called vasana okay or avitya all right and that vasana that ignorance is also called shakti because shakti means force because that is the force that is dormant one in the deep sleep state manifest the dream and the waking world and create forms sound touch texture everything nama roopa but even now you are the awareness not you are not the awareness as rakesh i am the awareness of no 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 rakesh is just a a a mask that i am like a window i am seeing through everything an identity but it's not real it's not me truly but the ego in the dream state is needed for you to use function in the dream state and the ego that you need in the waking state is needed for you to function in the waking uh, waking state but the problem with this ego is it is this ego that suffers and enjoys everything the person behind which we always do in meditation self awareness meditation i told i always tell you all try to sense the awareness at the background the foreground is all the thoughts the i is there the i no 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 i is there that behind that i there is an awareness in the meditation we always go try to go deep into that awareness and abide that i am not this body not this mind not this little ego i am the awareness behind all these things i am shiva okay that's why you never hear we say i am kali we pray to kali kali ma be nice to us don't tremble us you know because kali is dancing ah like that that kali is what world world your world all the prachana and all these things this is she is she is like i am the world i am the glorious world the universe the cosmos and all those things and down there the husband is dead you know like a shava in fact you know the word shava let me type the word shava i mean you over over me that need too much too much of knowledge you see the word shava s h a v a i'll tell you one secret i'll give you one secret it all came to you nobody will tell you hey what am i typing sorry sorry shiva bro shiva ha huh? You see Shiva and Shava. You see the word Shiva and Shava. Can you see? You see Shava means corpse, dead body, eh? Shavam, Shavam, Shavam. You know, in Sanskrit, Shava. Shava means, and then Shiva, you know, Shiva. The difference between Sha and She is E, E. In Shabda Yupati, in the study of the science of sound, every sound has its own frequency. Ah. Uh, Mm, all these things. So the Sanskrit language ha sound is very strong because that's why it's a very spiritual language. E sound, the I I sound. You can see the I there. You know the I is representative of Shakti. Shakti. The I 
is representative that vibration of I, E, the E sound, not I, but E sound is Shakti. Therefore, Shakti is embedded in Shiva. If you remove the E out, he becomes Shava. He's dead. So Shakti, Shiva cannot do anything without Shakti. <laughs> so without Shakti, Shiva is like Shava. He is just the unmovable, emotionless consciousness, absolute pure consciousness. There is no motion. But when E comes in, then, he, then that Shiva got power. That E is Shakti. But if you remove the Shakti out of Shiva, it, it is not a dynamic force anymore. It is a static force. It's not a force, but it's static. But the moment it becomes dynamic, the E comes in. So you, that's why uh, Sanskrit language is used for mantra because all these Sanskrit words, they're connected at the very fund, uh, transcendental level to the vibration. That's why we use Shiva and Shava and all these words. We, we, never coin, we never make a word simply, Sukha Sukha. Okay? All these words, they are got a vibration connection to it. I'm just giving you all of you some philosophy behind that. I don't want to take more time will go. So we will end the class here. Today has become a little bit Vedanta class. I'm supposed to give you all um, uh, inner life happiness. But the inner life happiness we'll do next week, where we're going to talk about, about the feeling of lack. And the feeling of lack is suffered by the ego only. Okay? It's suffered by the ego. But now, ne next week when you come for the class, you will have some idea how this ego is getting this feeling of lack. So the feeling that I am incomplete is always a problem with the ego. You know why? The awareness in you right now, which you are now aware, which the same awareness is there in the deep sleep state and is very blissful. You know why in deep sleep state you're very blissful? You do not identify yourself as the body. You don't identify yourself as the mind. So there is this, this, this body and mind is like a prison for you. Your essential nature is infinite. Your essential nature is free. Your essential nature is unbroken. It cannot be broken. It cannot be divided. Therefore, it's complete. Purnamada Purnamidam Purnad Purnamudachayate. We chant this mantra all the time, right? Shanti mantra. Purnam. Purnam is your nature. But when you come into the waking world, when the lotus is open completely, you become, you know, your Maya makes you forget your true nature and you start to identify with your own ident set of identities called the ego. And the ego is not struggling to accept the body and mind because it feels limited to it. You have limited energy, you have limited thought, limited knowledge, everything is limited in you. Therefore, there's always an eternal struggle in this world because you always feel bound. There is an urge inside you to go away from being limited to be whole. At the psychological, at the life relationship and living state, we express this as lack. I lack of respect. I lack of money. I lack of success. I want to something. I want something. I want something. I want to, I want to be somebody. I want to be something. 
that is actually an expression to return to your real nature. Next week, we will go into that. And when we go into the discussion of feeling of lack, a lot of problems will start to come out. And that's why I say it, where it will get heavier thereon. Okay. So somehow in the life today has become Miranta class a little bit more. But I hope you enjoyed the entertainment I gave you all. It's okay, even if these things have gone above your head, it's completely okay. Next week, when we come back, we we'll talk about the ego. You, you will be at least you will see the ego as an independent fellow. Okay, it's not yourself. And today, tonight, you can explore in your in your sleep that you see your ego. How is it manifesting and going in the dormant state? Okay. Om Shanti 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 Right. See you all next week. And or if you come for Kita class Friday. All right.